We are so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at Newbine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Newbine Community Church. Very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today. And for those who are watching online, welcome as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll be started with worship. Lord, we want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything you know that you will continue to do. I just ask you to come be with us today to worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Shout, be 
everybody take a second, turn around and say hello to somebody. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. All right. Let's ask Gary back there. We're going to go skating at Roller Haven. So if you're old and from Franklin, you know what I'm talking about. So I still can't skate very well, so I'm not going to do it. Um, grab some eggs on the way out, put candy in them that's wrapped, and bring back for the Easter egg extravaganza right so we always have that every year um think and easter is going to be outside it's going to be warm it's not going to snow we're going to have a big tent i even got heaters rented just in case so so i woke up this morning knew it's going to snow a little bit but you know we're in ohio right anybody want to sleep in today yeah i did i thought i had to come to work so let's say a prayer and we will take up the offering so lord just thank you that we can be here Thank you that we can just give to you, use these gifts to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good, they're, they're done, Pat. Um, Friday night, we, this was a happening place. There was rock and roll music, and people were dancing. And I said to one of them, I said, "We're going to go to hell for having a rock and roll and dancing in church." So anyway, um, Robin and Jan did a great job. You guys over there, Robin and Jan, stand up. Give them. They did. They were awesome. Give them a hand. You can. Uh, if you want to go here and play someplace, you can go to their website, right? And they, they play all the time, correct? Yeah, so they did good. It was a good, good time, and uh, the we, get, we filled up all the grocery carts with food, even filled up the back of my truck, and then people actually gave Sandy, uh, I think, almost $2,000 to help buy food for the free store. And then the youth made almost 500 bucks, and the youth made almost $500 having dinners in there So for the youth trip, so... Pretty cool, right? So, who said rock and roll ain't good, right? You know, I remember when I was a teenager, we weren't allowed to have guitars in the church. And that was my dad. However, my brother played in a band and sang places. I don't understand how that works. But anyway, uh, but he was Gary. So, um, that was the deal. So, uh, men's breakfast Saturday, women's thing Thursday, and uh, everything's moving quickly, right? So let's say a prayer, and uh, we're going to take off with today. We've been looking at a series in the footsteps of Jesus, and we've followed Jesus to the baptism, into the wilderness to be tempted, and then uh, he came to his hometown and got rejected by his own church. So anyway, let's say a prayer. So Lord, just thank you <clears throat> that we could come and worship you. We ask you, Lord, to be in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> if you haven't seen the movie, The Jesus Revolution, go see it. It's... Uh, it's where we came from, actually. <clears throat> the vineyard came out of Calvary Chapel. And so uh, it's sort of our history. Um, anybody a Jesus freak growing up? You were? Yeah, me, me too. <coughs> um, here we go. I'm going to talk about um, skill for the kingdom today. <clears throat> so here we go. <clears throat> this is a crazy question to start out with. Do you ever feel like you need more time? Anybody ever feel like you need more time? <clears throat> like, oh, there's not enough time in the day, right? And we just, you know, uh, did we lose an hour? I don't, I don't know, whatever whatever happened, you know. We just started daylight savings time today. I actually like daylight savings time. And maybe it'll stay because there's sort of rumors like that. They might just keep it that way. I don't know. Um, but people are fighting uh, for, for more time. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I read a thing uh that a guy wrote in 1930 about what they thought we'd live like. You know, I, I even remember when I was a kid, you know, we should be, we should be like the Jetsons <clears throat> right now, right? Now we do have those, like Liz has one of those watches, right? That you can like talk to people and, and see them and all that. But we should be further along. Listen to what this guy wrote in uh, 1930 <clears throat> about time in the future. Our grandchildren, reckon John uh, Maynard Keynes, I guess, in 1930, would work around three hours a day. There we go. It's happening. Um, Whizzy cars and ever more time-saving tools and appliances guaranteed more speed and less drudgery in all parts of life. Social psychologists began to fret. What will 
whatever would people do with all their free time? <clears throat> wow, that guy missed it a bit, right? Uh, you know, we have all the, you know, we have fast food, right? We don't have fast food. No offense to the McDonald's down here. You know, I, I went there yesterday to get, or whatever, day before yesterday, to get lunch for my mother. Uh, and uh, I thought, well, they redone the whole place and went inside, and, and it was 15 minutes to get my fast food, you know, right? So, you know, and, and uh, we have uh, microwaves, and we have everything in the world, and we still don't have any time. And, and we fight for it, it seems like. Um, and uh, we're the busiest people, you know, in, in the world. You know, we fight for free time. Um, <clears throat> people are buzzing all around us, you know, and, and it's hard. And so uh, my, my question, I think, it's going to come up, right? You see this guy, he's freaked out. How can we reach people with the good news of Jesus, right? How can we do it with this next next thing? We're too busy, <laughs> you know. And there's there's not enough time to fit it in. We think, how can how can we spread the gospel? How can we reach the world, you know, with with the good news when we are so busy, you know? I, I remember I put this in my notes and it almost reminded me of a, a statement that that happened to Liz years ago uh, when the kids were at Skank School and she was in the PTO and <clears throat> they asked this one lady if she would help, and she said that she had a job and a family. You remember that, Liz? And uh, kind of put that in my notes. We, you know, we have work and a family and school and practices and games, concerts, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. So how can we do what we're supposed to do as followers of Jesus? How can we fit it all in? Well, in today's story, Jesus encounters some busy fishermen in his world, and uh, he challenges them, and he changes their worldview. And this is what he actually does. He actually takes their skills and he just moves them over for the gospel. So instead of reading the Bible again, I'm going to let the, the, the Jesus Project read it to you. It's NIV and you can see it. Here we go. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Oh, uh, yeah. 
This is the word of God. Thanks be to God, right? <clears throat> Can you imagine that? Did anybody go fishing? Everybody go, anybody go fishing? Anybody ever catch fish? Really? Big ones? Can you imagine the biggest catch of your life and you really can't tell anyone about it? Right? And, and you have to leave it. But these guys, I, I had four, four easy points today. The first one is they're just, they're just tired. You know, it's like, we're tired today. We missed an hour of sleep. They're just tired. It says they got to the water's edge and they, uh, um, they were by their boats there and, and they're watching their nets. And, and, uh, I think I have a scripture. Pat, bring up my scripture. Somewhere. Yep. Jesus saw, yeah, Jesus was walking by there. He saw <clears throat> these guys and, and, uh, they were washing their nets. And, and so they're, that's just the end of the day stuff. And, and, uh, they're tired and they're trying to get things cleaned up and Jesus comes along and, and, uh, and, and kind of challenges them. They're mending their nets, which was a part of the deal. Um, <clears throat> we were on a lake. <clears throat> can't remember the name of the lake in Ethiopia, but one, one of the ones we were there and we came around it and the same thing was happening. They were like fishing just like this and early in the morning they're there, they're there cleaning their nets. And these guys are working hard and they're tired. Um, they've been up all night. Their shift is over. Anybody work midnights? You know, and, and, uh, anyway. <sighs> This is a side note. In Blue Ball, there's the Toddle Inn. <clears throat> okay? And it's open every morning, I think, for the guys that used to get off from Armco. And, uh, that's just a side note there. But, uh, but at, at the end of the shift, they're, they're exhausted. And, and, uh, they want to go home. And, uh, they worked all night. <clears throat> Sometimes we're exhausted. We're just exhausted from life and, and other things. And it's like, how can I follow Jesus? How can I do this stuff? I'm, I'm just worn out. And, and I'm, I'm tired and, and, uh, we're like that lady, you know, uh, we just want to lay down. We just want to get away. My life for the past two years, two years has been insane. So we've been doing this stuff, uh, and, and taking care of my uncle and aunt and Dayton at the same time. And we finally got them moved to the, to, to, a uh, an assisted living place. And it took a couple of years to do that. And, and it's exhausting. Just ha- having to do all these kinds of things. And, and sometimes you just want to lay down, <clears throat> you know, and, and give up. And, and uh, you know, I think we as Americans are exhausted. You know, I, I read this survey, and this guy said this. He said, we're an exhausted nation. An exhausted nation. Americans are more tired <clears throat> than ever. Even though we have all the convenient things, uh, we're still tired and we're burnt out. Um, and, and, and the question is, how can we serve God and do what we're supposed to do when we're exhausted? Right? I'm making you guys tired just saying this stuff because you missed an hour of sleep. You're going, oh, gosh, thanks. Okay, so we're just tired. <clears throat> they were not only tired, <clears throat> they had tried hard. Okay, so the next point is they just, they tried and, uh, they, um, they, they'd worked hard and, uh, Jesus comes along and, and, uh, um, tells them to put out a little bit deeper. And Peter says, Lord, we, we fished all night, you know, we, we've done this all night and, and we haven't caught anything. And, uh, and they knew how to fish and they, they knew the system and they knew the best time that fish were biting or whatever they did. And, and it was usually in the night or early in the morning and, and, uh, they had done what they're supposed to do, but they didn't get anything. And their whole night was just unpro, uh, unproductive. They, they didn't get anything out of it and, and they were exhausted and, and Jesus, 
tells them, you know, to, to, to do it again. And, and uh, uh, I don't know. Have you ever tried to serve God and just, and it didn't work? You know, you just failed. You thought, I'm going to try this and, and, uh, or you didn't get any joy out of it. And, and, uh, you thought, well, you know, I'm just going to give up on that. Um, and that happens a lot of times. Sometimes we just burn out. Sometimes the church will kill you. Hear my wife laugh at that, right? You ever go to a real church? I mean, we're a real church. I said that once and this lady came up to the end and she goes, are you guys not a real church? <laughs> yeah, we are a real church, okay? We're just not normal. Uh, but, but I know <clears throat> growing up in the kind of church that I grew up in, you, you know, uh, there was Sunday morning, there was Sunday school, an hour, then there's church, an hour, right? Then you go home, and then you come back. In my church, there was training union for an hour. And then there was another hour of church. Then there was Wednesday night, and there was RAs and GAs, you know, and all that stuff. And then there was the, the brotherhood. Which sounds scary, right? Uh, sounds all mafia kind of thing. And, uh, then there was the WMU, Women's Missionary Union. There were all these kinds of things. And, and, uh, you could be a model prisoner and, and, uh, do all those things and you just burn out. When we moved here and uh, we moved in with my mom to start a church and, and, and I even said to my mother, <clears throat> I said, we go to church so much, we don't have time to be Christians. And she looked at me and, 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 and kind of agreed. And, uh, we, we just, we, you know, and sometimes we try and we try and try and, and, it, and it's hard. These disciples had fished all night and they tried and, and they didn't get anywhere. And sometimes we try and try and try and, and it's like we're, we're, we're spinning our wheels. But they had to move to the next step. It's just they had to trust Jesus. And that's what we have to do with our life. We just have to trust him with, with every aspect of our life. Um, Jesus came along and told them to put out into deep water. Okay. Um, it says that Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Now you have to understand <clears throat> Peter here. He's the expert. Jesus is not the expert. Peter's the expert. He knows how to fish. He's done it his whole life. Uh, he, he started as a kid. Uh, he knows the spots. Um, but there's something the story didn't really show us. He knows Jesus. He knows about Jesus because the night before Jesus came to his house and he healed his mother-in-law. So he's seen Jesus work. And so there's a relationship that's going on here when he says, but, but Lord, you know, uh, we were fished all night, but because you say so, we'll go out. We're seeing a relationship because he knows what Jesus can do. And, and, uh, and he's trusting him at that. And, um, the NIV uh, says it, well, the ESV says this. It says, but at your word. And that's that's pretty significant. And, and there's different Greek words for a word. One's logos, like the written word. And then there's rima, which is almost like God, God's, uh, how he speaks to us, the, the spoken word, okay? And and so that's that's significant to me that he says, but at your word, Lord, I'll do it. And so then he, he takes the next step and they get in their boats and they put all their stuff back in and they go out and they throw, they throw them over. And you, and you know what happens. You saw it in the film, right? They catch so many fish that they don't know what to do. And their, their boat is sinking because of that. And, uh, they have to call for help. And all this happened because they listened to Jesus. Okay. 
It happened all because they, they trusted him. And, and in our own life, we have to come to those places in our life that we may not understand what God's doing. We may not, you know, we may be the expert on this or that. But one of the keys is this relationship that we have to listen. We've talked about it for years in our discipleship thing that we hear and obey, that God speaks to our heart and, and we obey. And, and uh, they listen to the disciples. Uh, Jesus, I mean, the disciples listen to him. And uh, Peter freaks out, you know, and you saw in the thing, he 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 realizes what's going on and he falls down. He says, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. And it's interesting to me in the story that Jesus doesn't even acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? You guys still here? Okay. I'm asleep too, so I understand. All right. <clears throat> so much of the time in, 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 in modern Christianity, whatever like that, I call it sin management, that we focus on sin all the time. Sometimes we get in trouble because people say that we don't preach against sin enough. You know, and we don't preach, you know, about hell enough. Right? How many of you guys know that you sin? Does anyone here not know that you sin? So do you need me to tell you every week? <laughs> you want me to remind you? You're like, you know, some people don't feel like they go to church if they don't go out and feel awful about themselves. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the worst in the world, right? I'm the worst sinner in the world, okay? It's interesting to me that Peter says to Jesus, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Jesus doesn't even acknowledge that. He knows him, okay? This is the deal. God uses flawed people. God uses sinner people. And if, and, uh, and this is the reason he wouldn't have anyone to work with. Okay? And so he uses goofy people like me. And I'm not gonna say you guys are goofy, but, you know, and great people like you. Uh, but, but Peter just trusted him. And to me, that's the whole key. If we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, it's just a day at a time. It's just a step at a time. And we just have to trust him. Make sense? I'm going to get done early so you guys can beat everybody at the breakfast buffet. Because they're still asleep. So the last thing, seriously. These guys are trained. Okay? Uh, 10 and 11. Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on you'll fish for people. So they pulled up their boats. Sure, they left everything and followed him. Peter and James and John were trained fishermen, okay? Uh, they knew how to do it. And you've heard us say this before. This is how it worked in that society. You went to Hebrew school, okay? All the kids went to Hebrew school. At least the boys did, right? They went to school, and they learned the different things. And if they were really good, they got to go to the next level. And if they weren't that good, they got sent home to work with their dad and learn their dad's business. Guess where these guys were? They were not the the A students. They got sent home to work with their dad. And so what did their dad do? The dad discipled them. He taught them how to fish. He taught them how to do all the different things. And so they worked with him their whole life. They were disciples. They were fishermen disciples. And and uh, they were trained. And uh, so now Jesus comes along, and he's going to take their training, and he's going to just flip it and use it for something else, Okay. Uh, he's going to make disciples of them, right? So my question is this. We're too tired to add other stuff on, right? Anybody want to add some more stuff? My uh, my busy season is, is I don't know, we, do we not have, is there any season that's not busy for us, Liz? 
We're moving to baseball. Yeah, so we only have, what, maybe three baseball games a weekend? Is that what it's going to be? Yeah, we have grandchildren. Okay, so we do our regular stuff. And the soccer, I saw thousands, I mean, the fall saw a thousand soccer games. Okay, and, you know, and, and all that. But but it's it's cool, they're, they're sweet. But our, but our life is never not going to be busy. It's going to be not busy when we're dead. Right? So how do we reach people when we're so busy? How can we do that? How can, how can we reach, you know, these people? Um, they're, they're everywhere. They're, they're all around, you know? Uh, how do we reach? I, I, I put a list in my notes. Let me just read my list. Uh, if I can find it. How do we reach factory workers? Teachers, students, office workers, farmers, homemakers, city workers, firemen, policemen, salespeople, servers, restaurant workers, doctors, nurses, medical workers, bus drivers, uh, beauticians, bar, uh, barbers, teachers, coaches. How do we reach all those people? How do we do it? Do any of us have any of those skills? Are any of us ever around those people, you know, um, are any of us trained to do any of those jobs? You know, this is my question. What if you go to work, not just to earn a paycheck? You know, what if you what if you see your job as something else? What if you see that Jesus puts you there in that situation or your retirement or wherever you hang out? You know, what if you see that Jesus puts you there for a reason? What if what if you see that that? You're important to be there with those people. That it's not just going in, getting your stuff done, and getting home and getting out of there as fast as you can. Does that make sense? I have to ask this to myself, this next question. What if you go to all those games and competitions, and it's not just for your kids? You know, I remember when we first started the church. Uh, I, I was a pastor at, at church before, and, you know, and, and I'd uh, done all kinds of things, and I was going a lot. And so when we moved here to start our church... Um, I uh, I remember announcing we were at the auto auction, and and I said, if you need me this week, I will be at the sports field, hanging out with my kids. But one of the things that I learned while I'm, and this was actually at soccer. One of the, one of some of the first people that came to the church, I met them at soccer. You know, because I talked to everyone. Mark makes fun of me. What what's the expression you use? Yeah, you've been what? You've been chucked. <laughs> they say that in a bad way. I think you know. And Liz even Liz says that too. Now she's coming up her mouth, not laughing at me, right? You've been chucked. Okay, I can't help it. Uh, what if we saw what we do is that we're there because Jesus put us there. That they're there. Those people around us that they need us. That those people around us. They don't know about God. They don't know about love. Maybe in, in the way, maybe they need someone to care for them. Maybe they need someone to share with them. You know, what if you see your life as different? That you're on mission, you know, that you're on a mission from God and people need to know Jesus. And it's challenging. But this question, Jesus said, you know, what if he says to you that you'll now catch people? You know? That's what he said to them. You're going to be fishers of men now. You're going to catch people. Uh, then, bring up the next thing, Pat. 
then you will, I think I already said all this stuff. You, you work with people who need Jesus. You know, you can, you can help them find him. Okay. Uh, next thing, you'll teach kids and coach kids and hang out with their parents watching kids who need Jesus. If we would just kind of look at people differently, um, it change everything. When you go to Walmart, don't hide. Right? There's people who need help. Does that make sense? It's not rocket science. For a long, long time, I thought you had to add all these things on. You know, we even make up programs, you know, I, in, in a church I grew up in, that, you know, in other churches I pastored, we had visitation night. You might know what visitation night is. How many know what visitation night is? You go out and knock on people's doors. Right? How many of you guys love it when people knock on your door and come unannounced? Yeah? So we go out and we knock on doors. And, and sometimes we did the whole town. Remember, Kim? We did the whole town. Sometimes I go out and knock on the door and I would pray they, no one was home. <laughs> because I was scared. Right? But we used to add different things on. But then I, I, I learned that, that God wants to use just as we are. We don't have to add anything on. We just have to realize who we are and whose we are and that God put us there for a purpose because those people need someone. And, and it's going to be us. What if the Lord said, go out a little deeper and let down your nets? You know? That's what we're supposed to do. Because we're all trained in something. And he can use our background to touch other people with God's love. That's it. I am done. Let's bow our heads for a second. Okay? You know, we asked the two questions. What's God saying to me? And uh, what am I going to do about it? Um, what can I do about it? I can, I can just open my heart up and say, Lord, just use me. You know, there are people around me that, that need you. There are people around me that need someone to care about them. And it's you. And the deal is we just have to accept the responsibility and see that God wants to use us. He'll use us flawed and all. But he'll use us to touch people. And I think Jesus challenges us today just to go out a little deeper and let down our net and see what God will do.
Amen. Does that make sense? Okay. It's not rocket science. And we don't need to do anything else. You know, we don't have to do a bunch of extra stuff. I remember when uh, Jan got baptized in the creek, right? And and uh, and they then they played all these different places, right? And I remember she said to me, "Should I quit singing in all those places now that I'm baptized and a Christian?" And what did I say to you? I said, "No, you you need to go. You need to keep doing those things, you know." And and we were kind of talking about this week that. Christians whine about everything because they pulled out of everything. You know what I mean? The, the Christians, we, in the past, we, we've withdrawn from everything and then whine because the world's messed up. But we've 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 left the in, influence, and and uh, we're supposed to be salt and light, and and uh, and God wants to use us where we're at. So we don't have to add anything on. Just be yourself and 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 live the Christian life where you're at, right? So grab one of these, open it up if you can. And like Mark said, the, there's the, the bread's on top. <clears throat> Every week we do this because we're part of a family. And we're part of the family of God. And Jesus did this with the disciples that last time and uh, invited them all in. And so we're all invited to do this. And so we always say the Lord's Prayer as we begin this. So let's just say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. Also, he took the cup. And he says, this cup is a new covenant, new relationship in my blood. Do this remembrance of me. Paul said in Corinthians, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. We're reminded of what Jesus did. And we also are reminded of what we're supposed to do too. So let's, in his name. In my own mind, one of the major keys in, in, in what I just talked about is that sometimes, you know, we've been we've been burnt out or we've been let down or we've been hurt, uh, and we don't want to try, you know. And and uh, and it's almost like you know when the disciples they said we tried all night and the Lord says go ahead and do it again. And so a lot of times we need to just do it again and realize why we're here. It's all about Jesus. Period. That's it. It's all about Him. Amen. So I'll stand. Grab someone's hand beside you if you like. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you that you've invited us uh, to be fishers of men or whatever we do, Lord. Factory workers of people and, and beauticians of people and teachers of people being there for you, telling people about your love and showing them what love is all about. So, God, will you use us as we go from this place, Lord? We're all going to go different places. We're all going to do different stuff. But you're right there with us, Lord. So help us to be salt and light. Help us to, to just show people your love. In Jesus' name, amen.
Bless you guys. My body feels like it's almost nine o'clock. <laughs>